Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. So welcome to CEO Uncovered. Today joining me is Daniel Burris, New York Times bestselling author, technology futurist, business advisor, and keynote speaker. How are you, Daniel? I am doing fantastic. And how are you today? I'm great. I'm excited to talk with you and learn more. And I really want our listeners to learn about you. So can you give us a gist about what you do and who you are? Well, I have written uh, seven books. They're in uh, dozens of languages. They've been bestsellers. Uh, I have started six companies. Five of them were profitable in the first year. That's very unusual. Four of them were national leaders in the United States in the first year. And I didn't start out with any money. Matter of fact, I started out teaching. So I taught biology and physics in the beginning of my career. And, uh, and I kind of evolved into what I'm doing today. So I consult with companies uh, uh, some of the largest, the Googles and Apples and companies like that, uh, as well as mid-sized companies, giving them strategies, helping them to solve impossible problems and see invisible opportunities for them. So solving possible problems is something I'm really good at because no problem is really impossible. And uh, seeing the invisible is something that uh, I really help them out with. <clears throat> and uh, And at one time, I was in high school just like you are. At one time, I didn't know what my future was going to be, just like most of you. Uh, and I was trying to look at my future because that is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. That's why I've been interested in the future. And a lot of it is clouded when you're younger. But what I want you to know is that uh, you can do one of two things. You can wait and passively receive the future as it comes to you or you can actively shape a better future for yourself. And what I would like you to do is to look at shaping that future. And there's an old saying, um, failing to plan is planning to fail. So in other words, having a plan is important, but don't worry about it being your total life's plan. There are many chapters to your book that is not written, your book of life that you have yet to write. And I've met CEOs, I've met uh, Steve Jobs, founder of Apple, I've met Bill Gates, I've met all these people, and many of them are, uh, most of them are doing things that they didn't even get their degree in when they graduated from college. Mm -hmm. So in other words, life is a journey, you don't have to know it all right now. However, I'd like you to have a goal, knowing that you can always change the goal. Let me, let me give you a quick example. Um, long ago, when I had uh, one of those birthdays, uh, I had turned 30 at the time. And I know right now that, that seems really old, but you'll get there at some point. And when I turned 30, I was in Glacier National Park, and there was a big mountain there. And I thought, you know, I'm going to climb that mountain today. And I looked into my the future. In other words, I looked at the top of the mountain where I wanted to be later in the day. That's the future. And I looked at what's the best path to get up to the top. And I could see a way that I could do it. And 
So in other words, I went out to my ideal goal and planned backwards towards the present where I was standing. And as I got closer to where I was standing, I didn't need to keep looking. I knew the direction. Now I had a direction. I started walking and I started climbing. And as I get higher up in the mountain, all of a sudden I realized I could see a top that I couldn't see from the bottom. In other words, my goal at the bottom wasn't really what I wanted. I wanted to get to the top. I just couldn't see the top. So I had to get to a certain elevation to even see what I really wanted to do. So I changed my plan and went to the real top. My point is, have a plan, but build change into your plan. And no, it will change. It doesn't have to be all figured out. Another thing <clears throat> that I want you to think about is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there are many chapters of your book of life. Again, I've written seven books. So if you think about it, every day you're writing your own autobiography. You're writing the story of your life. And some people write a tragedy. Um, if you're starting to write a tragedy, you need a new chapter. If you're starting to have a bummer of a life, you need to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can let this continue to be a bummer. Or maybe I need a new chapter and I need to do something different so that I can create the kind of future I want to have. Now, uh, let me share one of the principles that I teach in my books. Uh, one of my books is called The Anticipatory Organization. Sounds like it's for companies, but it's more for individuals. The one I think you would like best is Flash Foresight. How to see the invisible and do the impossible. And I show you exactly how to do that. Because a lot of the things that you're trying to do might seem impossible. And they aren't. You just think they are. And one of the ways of doing the impossible is to make the invisible visible. Because when you can see something that you were blinded to, you can move forward. And one of the principles I share in that book, I want to share with you all right now. And it's the skip it principle. And I love skipping problems. For example, when I was in school, I was not good at spelling. Matter of fact, even when I graduated, I was not good at spelling. So obviously I couldn't write a book. I can't even spell. No, I skipped that problem. I found people that were good at spelling and I had them check my work. I was uh, good at coming up with great ideas and new business ideas and things like that. But uh, I really didn't like all of the financial management of the company that I was starting. So what did I do? I skipped that. I found somebody who was really good at financial planning so that I could do what I do best. So one of the things that we kind of discover is in school is what we do worst. And then we sometimes just try to get better at it. What I'd like you to do is to have your opportunity antenna up and ask yourself, what do I really do best? And I'm going to tell you something you're all good at right off the bat. You didn't even know it right now. You are all amazingly creative. You're really creative. And you can think of things that adults can't think of because you're seeing with uh, a high schooler's eyes, not somebody who is 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80. And those eyes are fresh eyes. Now, they have wisdom and you want to learn from them. They've got experience and knowledge. You want to learn from them. But you have, uh, have fresh ideas. We need to combine your fresh ideas with their experience and things start happening. 
I have to give you one other one. I know I'm not giving you much of a chance to ask me anything, but uh, let me just go on another one. Yeah, keep uh, going. There are skills that you will learn. And by the way, there's going to be new skills you'll need as time unfolds in your life. You're going to have to be learning your entire life because the world is changing so fast. Uh, there'll be new things to learn. And uh, there's an old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. The good news is we're not dogs. So, you know, even when you're 70 or 80, you can be learning new things or not. I know people that just don't want to learn anything new. They're not going to be very happy in the future. But if you're willing to learn new things, and by the way, all of you can, you can have a bright future. You can have a wonderful future. Uh, so uh, you have skills and you'll learn some new skills, things you didn't even know you can do when you get out of school. And some of you might go to technical school. Some of you might learn to be plumbers. By the way, a plumber can make a lot of money today. You might be an electrician. Electricians can go to school and uh, and have their college or their school paid for and graduate uh, making 70, 80,000 a year. That's an electrician. So you don't all have to go to college. What you wanna do is find what you really are good at and get better at it. Uh, some of you will go to college and uh, and you will probably change what you plan to do as you go along. Remember, as I said, you'll get some new directions. Uh, when I started out, I didn't even know I would teach, yet I started out teaching. And if as a freshman in college, if someone said, you're gonna end up teaching, I would have laughed at him and said, no, because I didn't even like my teachers. But until I realized, why didn't I like my teachers? And I realized, well, I could be a great teacher because I know what would have gotten me excited. So I started out teaching and got an Educator of the Year award my first year. I didn't decide to do what they did. I decided to do what they weren't doing, what was really needed to do. Just like in business, uh, I skipped the problem of the fact that I never had a business course and I didn't have any money. Uh, instead, I had an idea. And a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. So I started to make it happen. And when people said, ah, oh, you can't do that, uh, I didn't get deterred by that because they, were, they had their perspective. And I thanked them for their opinion. I wanted to ask you, when you were teaching, was there a pivotal point where you were like, I want to do business? And how did you go about changing your career path? So I really enjoyed teaching. Uh, and, uh, and I was, uh, uh, all, you know, they, all the students, uh, my class was also their favorite class. And I really had a great time with it. But I was also entrepreneurial, meaning I put myself through college playing lead guitar in a rock band. I actually had a band in high school. I actually made money doing it. So I kind of liked the business part. And I had an idea for an airplane design. Remember, I'd never designed an airplane. So in the summers, remember teachers were off in the summer, I started building the plane. Turned out it was a really a great plane. I ended up, uh, when I started that company, with 37 national locations in the first year. Uh, so now, when I was leaving teaching, I had a fear. And the fear was failure. Because I knew how to teach, but I didn't know how to do business. But instead of letting one fear keep me from doing anything, I thought to myself, oh, I got more fear than that. Why don't I lay out all my fears? And for me, now this may not be true for you, but for me, there was a bigger fear than failure. It was the fear of regret. 
because I didn't want to be 70, 80 years old and say, boy, I blew it. I should have done that when I was young. So that helped me to decide, you know, I'm going to give it a try. The worst that can happen, I'll go back to teaching, which I love. So I gave it a try and I started a business. And again, it went, it literally took off, not just the planes, the business did too. Turned out I was good at business because I didn't try to compete with others. Uh, instead, I did what they weren't doing. Mm -hmm. I skipped that and did new things, more innovative things. And I learned how to fail fast because I couldn't afford to fail slow. See, I wasn't afraid of failure. I just didn't want to drag it out over a long period of time. And, um, uh, and then I started another company and another one. And for a while, I had four different companies going and they were all doing great, but I missed teaching. I missed teaching. So what I did is I listened to myself and I took myself out into the future again. And I thought to myself, if I'm 80 or 90 and I'm looking back at my life and all I did was all this business stuff, am I going to be happy? And the answer was no. So I sold all those companies and started the company I have today where I started giving speeches, writing books, doing writing articles, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, I've got uh, over 1.3 million followers. Twitter, I got 80,000 followers. I mean, I've got a lot of followers. I've got 2 million monthly readers. The books are seven books in a dozen languages. Uh, and again, I didn't know I could do all of that. In high school, I sure didn't know I could do all of that. See, there's more in you than you think. I'm excited about your future. I hope you are. What made you want to start writing books? Uh, well, what I did was I, I've always been interested in the future because that's where we're going to spend the rest of our life. And, um, and most of us don't think about it very much. So I started looking at technology and what are the technologies that are shaping the future that are going to change our future. And again, it can go bad or it can go good. So what I decided to do was get people of all ages excited in actively shaping a better future using new technology for themselves and for others. So that meant I had to learn about new technologies. I didn't have to learn how all of them worked necessarily of how, to, you know, you don't know how your cell phone electronically works, but you know how to use it. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to use things. I started, I came up with some methodologies and I started, now I had something to say. So I started speaking. I started writing. And uh, as a matter of fact, the last speech I gave in Beijing, China, just before the coronavirus hit, I had uh, 14,000 people in the audience and it was translated into 30 languages. So I've had big audiences, huge audiences, um, because I'm not focused on me in that room. I know I'm not really important. You know what? I'm focused on them because they are important. And that brings me to another little lesson I'd like to share real quick. Please. And, and that is a lot of us are focused on success and success is all about you. It's about how much money you make, how big your car is and your house is. It's about uh, how many degrees that you have. It's all about you. And what I would like you to do is to not focus on being a, living a successful life. I would rather you focus on living a significant life because significance is about what you do for others. And when you can do more and more for others every year, you're gonna find yourself amazingly successful. So I shifted to living a significant life a long time ago and became very successful because I wasn't focused on success. I was focused on significance. That's why I'm writing books. 
that was my motivation because I've got some stories and some things I've learned that I want to share with you just as I'm sharing with you now. Do you have any tips when you are presenting yourself that our students could learn and how they could do better when speaking in public? Yes, uh, absolutely. I think uh, one of the biggest fears is speaking in public. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of people would rather die than speak in public. <laughs> and, uh, and again, I've had some huge audiences mm -hmm. and someone said, aren't you worried or aren't you nervous? And I say, I would only be nervous if I was thinking about me. See, if I'm thinking about, am I going to forget what I'm going to say? Am I going to look good? Am I going to sound good? Am I going to stumble? Am I going to fall? See, it's all about me. Well, yeah, then I could be really worried about it. But if I've taken the time to get to know what their worries are, because all audiences have worries. If you're talking to students, they got worries. If you think about what are they excited about, who are they? And you try to, when you're speaking to them, you're trying to help them. That's significance, by the way. You're trying to actually help them. The focus is no longer on you. It's on them. And you'll forget about who cares what I look like. And by the way, when you ever hear a speaker and they have a little problem, they maybe the microphone turns off or they don't, they do something wrong. Are you saying to yourself, ha, 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 ha. Most people aren't doing that. Most people would like them to recover and be okay. Yeah. In other words, the audience is on your side anyway. And if there's a problem, just say, whoa, that was kind of weird. And just keep going. And they'll laugh with you. So in other words, don't focus on you. Focus on mm -hmm. them. And you'll find it work much better. I also wanted to ask you about your book. What does it mean to be an anticipatory leader? Well, uh, to be an anticipatory student or an anticipatory leader, um, it is not just being reactionary because change tends to come to all of us, whether you're a business person, whether you're a mom or a dad or a CEO or a president of a company or a principal, it comes from the outside in forcing us to react, crisis manage, put out fires, and all this stuff keeps coming to us. In other words, we're crisis managing all the time. And I think what I'd like you to do is to learn how to be anticipatory instead of just a crisis ma manager. Now, here's what I mean by that. Have you ever said, uh, oh, I knew that was going to happen? Because, well, why did you let it then? See, most of us know a problem before it happens. And instead of coming up with, wait, 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 why don't we pre-solve that problem right now so it doesn't happen? Instead, we like, oh, I know that's going to mess up. And we just sit back and let it go problem. I would like it when we're anticipatory, we start looking at what are the problems that we can predict. For example, I've got some homework assignments I got to do. And if I don't do them, I'm going to fail that class. If I don't do them, what happens? I fail the class. Or I could say, wait a minute, I, gotta, I need to pre-solve that, that problem. And I'm having trouble with these assignments. Well, is there a student in the class that's really good that's a friend of mine that can maybe help me out and coach me a little bit? In other words, I want to get a little help here. Maybe I ask the teacher, I don't want to fail this class. What can I do to not fail this class? You see what I'm doing? I'm pre-solving a predictable problem so that I don't have that problem. That's part of being anticipatory. Another part of being anticipatory is looking at the future. Uh, for example, technology. We know that AI is going to get more and more powerful. We know the metaverse is going to continue to happen. Uh, we know that uh, after 5G wireless, is that it? 
No, we're going to have 6G followed by 7G. And we're putting a lot in the cloud. Is the cloud getting full? Uh, no, we're going to put more in the cloud. So there's things that we can start seeing that we know will happen in the future, near future. And maybe we see opportunities tied to them. So in my book, what I talk about is trends. Either a trend is a hard trend based on a future fact that will happen. You and I are going to get older. We're not going to all of a sudden get younger. And uh, there will be more government regulations on cybersecurity, even if people don't like regulation. And uh, there's things that they can debate, but they're not going to debate things that are based on hard trends. And uh, so hard trends are future facts. And the more in my books, I talk about how to know what the future facts are so that you can see the opportunities for you. Mm -hmm. The other type, there's two types of trends. The other type of trend, I call it a soft trend. That means it may or may not happen. And a soft trend, the advantage of a soft trend is if you don't like it, you can change it. So let's say that uh, your grades have been going down uh, and it looks like they'll just keep going down. By the way, that's a soft trend. You could do something about that or let them go down. Uh, you might say, I don't have any way of paying for college if I wanted to go to college. I got no way to do it, so I'm not going to be able to go. Well, that is soft. That's not true. You haven't looked at, are there ways of getting funding? Are there some things that you could apply for to, to get some student loans and things like that? Is there work study that you could get? Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if college is for me, but I'd like to have a, a really great career. I gave you examples of electricians <clears throat> and plumbers that can make 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year starting out and they get their school paid for. There's a lot of career choices. Take a look at all of them, not just a few. Mm -hmm. So again, being anticipatory means I'm going to be looking at the future at what do I know, what can I see, and what actions can I take today to take advantage of that? In your opinion, how important is it for students to learn financial literacy before going to college or starting a career? Well, <clears throat> I think it's really important. I did not do, do well at that myself in the beginning. And uh, so when I started out, I was not good at saving money, mm -hmm. and I had to learn it the hard way by myself. It would have been better had I got some financial literacy when I was in school. And uh, matter of fact, I, was, I didn't even learn much about the stock market and investing mm -hmm. until you know, I was way into my 20s. And uh, wow, if you're young today and you just start putting a few dollars into mm -hmm. some of these things, you could do quite well because you got time on your side. Mm -hmm. So I wish I would have known financial literacy. One of the things I teach in my book is opposites work better. And um, so let me give you an example of how an opposite can work. Uh, I have a niece, her name is Hallie, and she has her first job. And uh, she just got out of, uh, she's in high school and she can't save money. She's just, money just flows out of her, you know, she can't save money. But her older sister, Audrey, can save money like crazy. So I was talking to Hallie on the phone and Hallie said, Uncle Dan, I'm trying to save money, but I can't save money. I'm working hard at saving money and I can't save money. And I said, oh, you need to skip that. And she said, how do I skip it? And I said, you're working on the wrong problem. What's the opposite of saving? And she said, spending. I said, why don't you work at how you spend your money? And what happened? Well, you already know, she started saving money. You see, she was working on the wrong problem. 
So that's an example of how to skip a problem. She was trying to save, wrong problem. No wonder you're having trouble. You should be working at spending. How do you know what to work on? Opposites work better. So in my book, I have these principles like skip it. Opposites work better. Hard trends, soft trends, a whole bunch of 28 lessons actually that are gained from my experience that I'm teaching you in story form so that you can learn how to do what I did, what I've learned how to do, without having to spend all the years going through and learning it the hard way. Lastly, I always ask this, if you could give a piece of advice to a teenage or college version of yourself, what would you tell him? I would tell him to think bigger because uh, when I was graduating um, from uh, school, whether it be high school or college uh, with my last degree, uh, I was thinking big about my future. However, as I look back now, I realized, man, I was thinking way too small. You see, you're laughing because you know there's a bigger big. Yeah. There is a, there's always a bigger big. So here's what I'd like you to do. Think of the big for you. What's your big future? And then what I, before you start to do it, ask yourself, wait a minute, is there a bigger big here? And you'll find the bigger big is actually easier and more rewarding. So my advice to myself and to you, because I look back at my myself when I was younger and you now do define the big you got to have the big figured out first for you but then think a little bigger maybe I would have been writing books way before I started maybe I would have started a company way sooner maybe I would have started doing all those giving speeches way before I did had I thought bigger sooner maybe we should all do that Daniel, thank you so much for coming on to the Uncovered. Our students are really going to benefit from your great advice. Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.